0: Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest-growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss the career of Jonah Hill. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. Today, we're going to do an actor spotlight on... Jonah Hill and this has been heavily requested. We have been huge fans of Jonah Hill for a long time. He's a he's one of those rare actors who, you know, was typecast in comedy for so long but really managed to transition to an excellent dramatic actor now. He was also typecast as a sidekick. Yeah. You know, he was like Seth Rogen's sidekick half the time mm-hmm. and you know, he's part of the Judd Apatow crew. People I didn't I think didn't see how how talented he was. He wasn't he wasn't given an opportunity to really stretch his acting wings until like the last 10 years or so, especially working with Scorsese and uh, with uh, Bennett Miller. And he really has become one of the most talented actors working today. I am so excited every time he has a movie coming out. Uh, I'm looking forward to his new film, Don't Look Up. And I think that he is an excellent entertainer. Yeah, you bring up Seth Rogen. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about him for sure on this episode because I think a lot of people lump them in, not just into the same category, but like as the same character and same person, like same roles. Like, oh, it's another version of Seth Rogen or Jonah and Hill and Seth Rogen. They're like the same person, interchangeable in movie roles. And I think that I'm sure that Seth Rogen's a nice guy and they have a great friendship outside of the off sets and everything. They were best friends uh, earlier in the careers. But it seems like Jonah never wanted to have that persona on him permanently. And he always was waiting for the opportunity to just... Go in a different direction and become a dramatic actor and he just kind of paid his dues for so long and just waited for the opportunities to finally come But also it was difficult for him for a long time and you know he's spoken out about you know having serious body issues because People were always like calling him the fat guy in Hollywood or like that big actor and like he had this identity that the public just put onto him and he, he went through you know, trials and tribulations in his personal personal life, and it, it really had um, negative impacts on his confidence. And now he's great with his confidence. He, he's all about body positivity, and he helps people. He Online, have you seen his social media? He's very encouraging to people who are getting bullied because he was bullied for so long in Hollywood. And, and I think that he's really turned his career around. And he I think people really adore him. Every time we post any kind of content related to Jonah Hill, it always does really well. So I think a lot of young people are really into him. He seems super likable. Seems like such a genuine, nice guy. And I think that what you're talking about, like, in terms of being typecast and Bollywood, like, you can see that in just interviews for, like, press junkets I've seen of him where people are asking, like, incredibly offensive questions to him. It's just like, he's a human being. Like, he just, these are just characters in movies, you know. This isn't who he is. And you're just kind of insulting him to his face, thinking that just because for a long time, his the characters he was playing, he was just stuck playing like the butt of the jokes, like the walking joke in a lot of these films. Like he had he had a lot of small parts on pretty funny movies, but he was always a walking joke character. You know, there's like a, he's in a scene. He's like in the background or he jumps in and out of a scene just to say a couple funny lines or like yeah. his character is the joke of the movie yeah. or the joke of the scene. Forty Little Virgin, um, Grandma's Boy Accepted are basic examples of that where, you know, he's, he's just there to get laughed at. Even um, what's the the one with with uh Aldo Rain, What's his name? P- Russell Brand. Yeah, uh, what's that? Har- get him to the Greek. Get him, no, not get him to the Greek. The one. Forgetting Sarah Forgetting Marshall. getting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Same thing. He's in a few scenes, and I'm sure that's where they got the idea. That the studio like, um, Russell Brand and Jonah Hill go well together because they have a bunch of scenes together. But yeah. still, he's the butt of every joke. His character is the joke. I think the worst example is accepted with um Justin Long, his film, uh, because Jonah Hill's character, they have him dressed up in these stupid outfits. He really is the entire film just getting laughed at by the audience. And yeah. it's honestly sad to see nowadays because clearly out of that cast, he's by far, with not even close, the most talented uh, actor in that entire film set. So and successful. Exactly. And so it's great that he's actually, he's rebounded so much and has risen so far in Hollywood to gain the respect of film audiences everywhere. And I'm sure he looks back at roles like accepted like, That was like, I I had a miserable time doing that, I'm sure. You know what I mean? But now he is a leading actor and he's dominating, honestly. Yeah. And that's why we're excited to talk about it because in terms of career transformation, I I don't think you could find anyone quite uh, with the trajectory that Jonah Hill has had over the last 15 years and what he's done in his career compared to what he was doing when he started. But before we continue, we have some announcements actually. So this is my final week at my day job. I'm leaving on wednesday is my last day at work i put my two weeks in two weeks ago obviously and this is only yeah thanks for the claps anthony this is only possible because of everyone's amazing support on patreon becoming patrons is amazing to the show it's the best way to support us but people just tuning into the show using our coupon codes with our sponsors and everything that's all super helpful for us locking down deals and contracts and and just anyone tuning in around the world, wherever you watch on on TikTok, on Instagram, YouTube, it's just, we're so grateful for the support. And you know, this is only going to make us work harder, but you know, me and Anthony have been grinding for 16 months. I've been putting in hundred hour weeks for a long time, working two jobs basically. So it's nice to hit this goal, but really it's only possible because of everyone who's listening right now. So thank you so much. We appreciate you all so much. And uh, Anthony and I also have another bit of news. We are launching a podcast masterclass. It's an online course. It'll be launched in November. So for anyone, who wants to start a podcast or wants to improve their current podcast, our 22 chapter course will give you all the secrets behind the scenes of our show. We go in depth on everything you could imagine or even never thought of that goes into a podcast. It's five hours worth of video content where we are telling you everything we learned along the way from start to now of making a podcast and making it successful. Yeah, we're really excited. So hopefully you guys are into it and download it because I think it's really going to be a game changer for some of you. And also, last bit of news. Last one, I promise. We also want to thank Mugsy Jeans for sending us, a, uh, sending us a few pairs of their shockingly comfortable jeans. I'm not kidding, fellas. If you're like me, you got these big thighs and no <laughs> jeans that you've ever owned have fit you correctly. Leg no, <laughs> no leg room. Get on Mugsy now, you can literally do deadlifts with these things on. They're like, I don't know if they're sweatpants or jeans. It's, it's like if sweatpants and jeans made a baby. Yeah. They're so soft and like, they're so comfortable. Like you can like squat with these jeans on and they'll be skinny jeans, but then you can squat and they're just still it, nice they're and incredible. loose. They're Amazing. incredible. So thanks Mugsy for those. And today is the very special day of launching a new merch item. If you're looking at YouTube, you'll see that I'm wearing this very cool Raiders of Lost podcast hat made in the Star Wars font. We're making these in hats and beanies. These are only available if you follow the link on Instagram. I made a post on Instagram of these hats. So, again, follow that link. Head on over to our merch site and buy yours today. All right, let's get back to Jonah Hill and his incredible career transformation. So, it's we've seen actors do it before who are comedic actors who, you know, dabble in dramatic roles like Will Ferrell or... Or Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, they're great comedic actors and, you know, they do excellent jobs with their dramatic films. Like, I think Will Ferrell is an underrated dramatic actor. I think Stranger Than Fiction is phenomenal. And obviously, Adam Sandler with Uncut uncut Gems, Punch Drunk Lover is so good. And then Jim Carrey, obviously, so many great dramatic performances. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies of all time. Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. But the thing with Jonah Hill is... He did it a little differently. He's kind of I would say like more of a Robin Williams category, maybe not a huge global name like Robin Williams in terms of being a star, but like from going straight comedy to just transitioning seamlessly into the dramatic world of Hollywood and being accepted pretty much immediately once he got a good movie in. What's interesting about Jonah Hill's career is he's never been like the solo lead of a movie still to this day. He's always been Either a co lead or a supporting actor, even with his most successful roles. So there is something that he hasn't quite dabbled in being the lone lead actor. And so I think that's what makes him different from Robin Williams. I never thought of that. Where he was lead, Robin was always leading movies on his own. You know what I mean? Where as uh, Jonah Hill, as amazing as he is, he still does co lead movies. He's never, like 21 Jump Street, it's a co lead. You know, Wolf of Wall Street, he's supporting. This is the end, supporting, you know. True Story is a co-lead with James Franco. You could say True Story might be his first leading role because I believe he gets more screen time than James Franco in yeah. that. And still, that's 2015 after he's been nominated for two Oscars. So uh, I think his and even Maniac, he was the co-lead of the Carrie Fukunaga's TV show with Emma Stone, so they both shared that. So I, he hasn't fully led a movie by himself as a lead actor, so I think that definitely separates him from someone like Robin Williams who was able to make the transition – Easily, more easily and quicker, because of how much of a star he was. Yeah, but yeah, Robin Williams much bigger star than yeah. Jonah Hill. Not that Jonah Hill is not a star, but like Robin Williams is a, a super movie star at his yeah, time. Yeah, he's you know? a generational ta- talent. Yeah. But I also love Jonah. That doesn't bother me at all, Jonah. You know, I think he, he plays to his strengths. Maybe he, he knows that he's not meant to be a leading man yet, or maybe he's just waiting for the right project. He might not carry box office weight is what it is. Yeah. You know, because even get him to the Greek, you know, Marlon um, – what's his name? Russell Brand. Russell Brand is the, the lead. Like, is he – Jonah Hill may have more screen time, but Russell Brand is the star yeah. of that movie. He's on the, you know, the cover of the posters. Like, he was the, the Billings – like, they used Russell Brand to sell that movie. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's actually true. Like, you don't say, like, oh, we're going to see the Jonah Hill movie. We're going to see— Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. The Lilo DiCaprio movie, we're going to see the Brad Pitt Moneyball movie. Yeah, but not a knock on him. Yeah, it doesn't stop him from creating one of the most truly iconic characters in Martin Scorsese's filmography with Donnie in The Wolf of Wall Street. That's like a classic character now. You know, he did such a great job with Donnie. It's like like Henry Hill and Jimmy Conway in Goodfellas. Like he's in that category of great character in Scorsese's world. And Jordan Belfort is a fascinating, character but you watch that movie and you're like Donnie is steals the best is the steals ever seen he's and he's the best part Benny Hanna <laughs> <laughs> And uh the, what's so cool about that character is Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio has confirmed this in interviews. I'm not making this up. DiCaprio said the movie wasn't supposed to be that funny, but in the early days of filming, Jonah Hill was infusing so much improvisation, so much comedy and trying out so much improvisational humor that Scorsese and DiCaprio embraced it. And Jonah Hill, DiCaprio said, Jonah Hill set the tone for what the movie ended up becoming with the humor. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, Because I knew that he was improvising on set in terms of setting the tone because that movie is very funny. Yeah, Even Jordan Belfort's line, and Leo's hilarious in that movie too, but yeah, yeah. every scene Donnie's in, every bit of dialogue cracks me up. He's so good in it. A lot of people don't know, but Scorsese actually encourages his actors to improvise a lot. Yeah, big time for yeah. sure. And so what happened was, I think a lot of people in the first half of Jonah Hill's career so far, they saw him as like a one-trick pony. You know, he's the goofy sidekick to laugh at, and typecast. Typecast. Uh, it was unfortunate because he's clearly extremely talented, but comedy really set him set him in. You know, what I mean, he was extremely funny, in even the small roles he had, very talented guy. And I, it, I guarantee you know, Judd Apatow. He is the reason why a lot of those guys ended up becoming successful you know like jay bureaushell like seth rogan um evan goldberg like all these guys being monstrous successes because you know judd apatow wanted them in his movies he kept producing their films he directed some of their films and was always putting them in his in his films like even jonah hill's small bit in 40 old virgin I, i'm sure he cast Jonah Hill because you know he was already familiar with Seth Rogen and those guys. It's you a know funny I mean? goldfish boot scene, and I think those guys, they to Judd Apatow, they're like him. You know what I mean? He, I think he really um, relates to that crew. Those saw himself in them. Saw himself in them, and that's why he was always putting them in his movies. Plus, Seth worked with him on Freaks and Geeks, so he yeah. knew Seth had like something. There was something there with him and Franco as well, so that's why he kept working with them as well. And yeah, he was typecast so early, he always as like the loud, fast-talking, quirky but funny character again just like always a walking joke but you know it's it's a blessing and a curse yes it's amazing to be working on films and you know it's a luxury and i'm sure he was very grateful to have these small roles but it comes to a point where he wants to fe- follow his true passion and i'm i'm so glad that he was patient with it and eventually you know moneyball is probably the movie that changed his career trajectory forever because that was the first time first time ever in his career he wasn't doing a comedy bit he wasn't doing a comedy character there are funny moments in this in the film even his character makes you laugh a few times but it isn't from him doing a bit it's just his dialogue of the character and that's why it's funny but that's the first movie where oh he's a great dramatic actor he gets an oscar nomination and he's sharing screen time with brad pitt one of the best ever yeah and it's bennett miller is the director he had just come off capote and got nominated for best director best picture and Hoffman had one actor for that film, so clearly he he knows his actors and a Sorkin script too. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin, exactly. And I think I think the, that's the second most important film for him. I think the most important, the first most important film for Jonah was Superbad. You know, oh yeah, that was yeah, a gigantic success. He is the best part of that movie. He's he's the, really good in that he's movie. He's The funniest part of that movie. If it was just Michael Sarah and like a less talented actor, that movie wouldn't work. It works because of how funny Jonah is in that movie. But it's not just his, he's funny; he's killing it in that yeah. movie. Like his acting is phenomenal in that role. Yeah, he's excellent. So, Superbad was number one, and then Moneyball was the second big one because he got the Oscar nomination. He's in a Bennett Miller movie with Brad Pitt. Blah blah blah. But the the most the, I think the most important role for Jonah was Wolf of Wall Street, because even though he got nominated in, in Moneyball, that movie not many people saw it. And I think it still flew under the radar in terms of, hey, Jonah Hill is an Oscar-nominated actor. I still think a lot of people haven't seen it in general. It's It's a great movie. Yeah. And with The Wolf of Wall Street, that became a cultural sensation that year. And still is. I mean, people are still talking about the movie. It's on TikTok all the time. You know, people love posting about it. It's a beloved movie. And Jonah Hill really stole the show during that film. and. It sh- it changed the way because in Moneyball it's a good performance, but it's not like he stands out. Brad Pitt is a superstar yeah. in that movie. Yeah. He's still like it's the Brad Pitt show, but he's there and he's doing great dialogue and lines and acting. Yeah, and he's good in it. But like honestly, I'll be like, I mean, I I could see him getting nominated, but I maybe it was a bad year for supporting actors that year. You know what I mean? But with Wolf of Wall Street, he really transcended the picture, and hit, I think he should have won Best Supporting Actor. I think it's one of the best performances of the last decade. It's really incredible, the humor, the, the accent, the entire persona that, that he built. It's one of my favorite characters of all time. And what he did with that was really revolutionary for his career. And then now after Wolf, people took him even more seriously. Like, Jonah Hill can do anything after that. And he's homies with Leo and just worked on Scorsese's project for six months. So now he's in the door. You know, he's... I'm not gonna... Actually, I almost spoiled my uh, intermission pop quiz question. Yeah, I almost said it. You said that already like a month ago. (laughs) Yeah, but he goes goes from comedy star to two-time Academy Award-nominated actor, working now with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's insane compared to 15 years ago, what he was doing. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, and what I really like about him is he's still... He still, you know, does the comedy. He still sticks to his old crew like he did Sausage Party with that crew. and Plus a bunch of little small roles yeah. like the Beach Bum. He's like this weird, crazy Floridian gangster kind of guy. It's <laughs> like like on the golf course with McConaughey. Yeah, but it's Harmony Kareem, so I'm sure you can't pass up the opportunity to work with him. He's a big fan of his. So I do still like that he's he keeps an eclectic... Filmography And the thing with his current comedies that he's been doing compared to his lat- or his early comedies, like we said earlier, most of those roles, he's like the walking joke. But then when he got into like the bigger budget comedies, like Get Him to the Greek. Uh, 21 this- Jump Street. No, 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 no. Get Him to the Greek and then The Sitter. This is before that. Okay. So And he's still doing these comedies that... It's not. You can tell it's not what he wants to do. He doesn't really have any passion in those roles. They're kind of just like flat characters. It's he's not the star, like you said. It's it's really those kids are the funny part of the sitter the, for the most part, and then it's Russell Brand's movie and get him to the. He's creek. like chasing the lead characters around. Yeah, he's babysitting in both movies. Yeah, exactly. But then now that he's gotten you know power in his career in terms of decision making, and compared to things like Twenty One Jump Street. Where he's part of the creative vision of that movie, he wrote the story and wrote the characters with with his co writer and his passion compared to to doing The Sitter or again to The Greek, and then you watch Twenty One Jump Street. It's in, it's night and day difference in terms of how much he's putting into the role. Yeah, exactly. And also with Twenty One Jump Street, that franchise like. He's the producer of it you know he used his power to get it made he he helped with the story he's the lead so he built that franchise even though i mean yes it was a franchise but he built the new franchise from the leg up with that team you know he's part of the actual production of it yeah so how about we uh go through his filmography let's do it man of jonah Hill. So let's start back in well let's see he was born in 1983 <laughs> in los angeles california to sharon feldstein a fashion designer and costume stylist, and Richard Feldstein, a tour accountant for Guns N' Roses, which is oh, pretty wow. cool. And obviously we all know his sister Beanie Feldstein is a tremendous actress. She was in Lady Bird. She's in Booksmart. She plays Monica Lewinsky in that TV series now. And his brother is also a music manager. And so basically his career started in 2004. He was in iHeart Huckabees, and then he was in NYPD Blue. But then well, in I Heart Huckabees' small role, it's David O. Russell's film. Mm-hmm. And then 2005, he's in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is one of the funniest movies made this century. He only has, I think, just that one scene where he's the guy going to the eBay store. No, the, yeah. we sell your stuff yeah. on eBay store, and he wants the goldfish boots. He's like, yeah, these boots are great. I just really want them. And he's, she's like, you have to buy them online and I'll ship it to you. He's like, yeah, but can't I just take them right now? He's like, I really love to just give you money so I can get home and wear these. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you're making it so difficult. <laughs> so it's funny, it's a good scene. I love that scene. Yeah. It's so funny. It's super funny. Catherine Keener is really great with it too because she does comedy well and them going back and forth because it's for like, like two minutes it's <laughs> like the most ridiculous shoes that it's like, like a fish there's a goldfish in them it's just so. Like, <laughs> but they're like their boots like up to your knees <laughs> it's like hey, Jonah Hill's buying these <laughs> he's like I just want to go home and wear them yeah I, they're I, terrific I don't understand why I can't just take these home right now <laughs> <laughs> so a four-year-old version, obviously that store is actually based on a real store that Judd Apatow had seen in we real life we sell your stuff at eBay yeah I bet yeah so <laughs> someone actually did that for Store in real life. That must have happened every day. People are like, can't I just take this home? No, i got to <laughs> ship it to you. It's going to take seven days. It's going to cost you an extra $16. And the FedEx guy might steal it from you on the way and tape it back up. That's, that happened to us last week. Yeah. <laughs> so 40 year version, obviously just one scene, iconic, yeah, film. great scene. We'll though. have to talk about that movie. Yeah. In, we'll talk about a lot of these more in depth. Uh, 2006, he was in Grandma's Boy, which I think is a very underrated comedy. This movie is hysterical, especially when we were we watched 16, it a lot when we were younger. 16 year old. <laughs> we used to watch this all the time when we were kids. We were little 16 year old uh, stoners. We, lo- <laughs> we loved Grandma's Boy. This movie is hysterical. Don't listen, mom. And um, but this <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely listening but this was again early role he's just in a couple scenes he's like a side character for comedic relief again a walking joke like it, it is what it is a movie role i honestly forget he's even in the movie sometimes yeah you know what i mean he's just kind of in the corner yeah like when we were when i was doing research i was like oh yeah he's the grandma's because there's the crew the main crew which he's a part of but like he's not one of the characters speaking he's not most one of, yeah time. he's not one of the leads yeah Clearly, he's the most talented actor there. (laughs) All Sandler's friends. And then in 2006, he was in Click, and he plays Ben at 17 years old in that film. Just a small role, Mm -hmm. nothing to write home about. And then people love that movie. In 2006, he was also in Accepted. So Accepted, it's a pretty funny movie. It's it's not amazing. Again, his character though, it's just kind of. Forgettable, like you said, they just dre- he dresses up and they put him in a hot dog suit and yeah. like just running ridiculous dialogue. He's like, ask me about my wiener. He's just, yeah, that yeah. was the trailer. Him just yeah. acting like a like a buffoon, which I'm sure you know. Again, it's a it's a blessing to be in a film, but he doesn't want to get typecast with doing this forever. Yeah, he was the butt of the jokes oftentimes in that film, and I honestly I don't think it's that great of a comedy. I don't. I, there's some funny bits, but I never really found it that funny. Um, and, you know, I, seeing that, you know, it was kind of embarrassing for Jonah Hill, like the stuff that was happening. I'm sure he got paid. I'm sure, you know, he's in a big movie. It wasn't successful, but it's still a big movie. But I think that, you know, clearly they chose the wrong person to lead that film. I mean, I like and they tried to make Justin Long a, star, a leading star, but he just didn't have it. I like Justin Long, but I don't think he's a leading man. Like, I think even I think my my favorite Justin Long movie would probably be. Um, drag Me to Hell. I think that's my favorite Justin Long movie, and he's the side. He's, he's a supporting yeah. actor in that yeah. film. His girl, the girl, the woman who plays his girlfriend's the lead actress, and so I think that's like the perfect amount of Justin Long in a movie is just like a supporting character rather than a lead. Yeah, his last lead I believe was Tusk. Yeah, and, and that movie's wild. Yeah, that movie's good for. Because of what happens to him, but I just think that yeah, Justin Long doesn't have the leading man quality. Not that he's not a he's solid great, actor; he's great and he's solid cast. Like yeah. he's awesome in Dodgeball. Yeah, love him. Yeah, oh, he's hysterical in that yeah. movie. Yeah, so yeah. He, he has a niche, and so I think that you know Jonah obviously is a, has a, had a better career for sure. Um, and then in 2006, he was also in Ten Diamonds or Less. 2007, he was in Rocket Science. Another small role, but then in 2007, he was also in Knocked Up. And so this was maybe his, this is the best movie he'd been in up to this point. Knocked yeah. Up's a really good comedy. It's great. Um, I like it a lot. And his character, again, part of the crew, but he definitely has more dialogue. And he it's seems, more than 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's you can tell he's got like his energy and he seems to be improvising and like putting his own fusion into the comedy rather than just reading the script. Yeah. He's like, Spider-Man 3's on in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin. <laughs> just got back from Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> What'd he say? He's like, I didn't I, I didn't go to Harvard just to work for every day for the this of my life. He's like, I thought you went to like a uh, state university. He's like, <laughs> I went where I went. <laughs> so yeah, he's definitely uh, Judd Apatow embraced his personality and his natural humor. You could tell all those guys are just riffing most of the time. Yeah. It must have been a fun set to be around. You know, that's the first movie where you saw... Like that Apatow crew, the biggest formation of it up to yeah. that point. And that movie is funny. It's very funny. And they're so great when they're riffing back and yeah. forth. He actually had a, another a huge year in 2007. Knocked Up had one of the best posters ever. Oh, yeah, it's really with, good. Um, yeah. Seth Rogen, like that surprised face with the yellow light. Uh, poster behind him it's like what if this guy got you pregnant <laughs> <laughs> it's just like him and his curly hair He's like, He's just oh. just like... <laughs> I love that great movie poster. it's really good but like, also the 40-year-old virgin poster is great where Steve Carell's just like looking up to the like camera super like, smiley yeah. with like the glow, <laughs> the halo like a, over behind him yeah it looks like a serial killer <laughs> trying to blend in <laughs> well that's the movie like we talked about where yeah. the office season 2 Michael's character completely changed because of the success of 40-year-old virgin so they kind of made Michael it's very similar to the character Andy, in, yeah. For, in Andy and 40 year virgin. Yeah, they basically stole the personality of Andy and infused it into season two Michael. Yeah, but instead of being a virgin, Michael Scott has had sex with like two women at, yeah. his, at his age 40. rather than <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <laughs> rather than zero women at 40. <laughs> so basically, if Andy had had sex twice, that's Michael Scott. When I was 16... I was terrified that I would be a 40 year virgin. <laughs> like, I would, that movie, whenever I thought of it, I was like, I hope that doesn't happen to me. I don't want to be like that. Please don't let me be a 40 year virgin. Hey, I mean, you still only have nine years left. So. <laughs> I'm sure it'll I'm, have. There's I'm, plenty of time. I'm sure it'll happen before that, man. Got, <laughs> we got nine years. We'll hop on Tinder for you. <laughs> we'll make you a profile. There's a lucky lady out there. You got your mustard shirt on. You look great, so I'm sure we can make it happen. <laughs> I certainly hope so that's the second joke you walked into today the other one was not on camera but it was it was a lot better than that that was good man that was very good <laughs> you set me up man you, you throw me a meatball i'm gonna you knock it over it. the monster in left yeah. field kid oh man that was funny <laughs> but yeah knocked up we all know is a great great movie and like the start of apatow's dramedy style which i really like and then Evan Almighty, he was also in, but he's a, just a small role in this. He's Again, this is a butt-of-the-joke kind of the joke character, just has a couple lines in random scenes here and there. I'm sure Steve got him the role, maybe. It, it, yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm sure he shot this around the same time as uh, 40-year-old Virgin and Knocked Up. And he also, 2007, dropped Bad. Yeah. Now, Super Bad is probably our like a top 5 high school movie for us and we've I've seen this we've seen this movie like we used to watch it a lot when we were kids <laughs> <laughs> but we we snuck in we saw this movie with our friends and it was rated R. We were like, what, 16, 17? Yeah, 16. Yeah, so we were not – I think we tricked one of our friend's parents into letting us go together to yeah. see it. And Jonah is so good in this movie. Is He's just like carrying – not that Michael Sarah isn't great, but he seems to be carrying this entire film. Like I agree. Seth yeah. is the best character in the movie for sure. And obviously Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they wrote this when they were in high school, right? And then yeah. Evan Goldberg and – or someone else directed I can't remember who it was. But, um, oh, what's his name? He did Adventureland. I can't remember his name. But this was a great, great movie. You know, this kind of... Greg was a, Modala. Thank yeah, this is like a, a new... You're welcome. It always comes to me. <laughs> this is like a new era of high school comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think this kind of just set the stage of films to come. Well, we talked about this um a few months ago. And I think the biggest difference between Superbad and other comedies, because, you know, there are plenty of raunchy comedies. You know, not another teen movie, um, a bunch of, like, American Pie... But this one was different because those were raunchy in terms of how I approach sex. Before we continue, if you're watching on YouTube or on social media, you may have noticed that Anthony and I have some new laptops on our desks. These are courtesy of LG, the 17-inch LG Gram Ultra Lightweight Laptops. The cool thing about them is their 16 by 10 aspect ratio versus the usual 16 16 by 9, which means more vertical space, awesome for editing, fantastic for watching movies on these incredible displays they're also shockingly lightweight they don't even feel like a laptop honestly it feels like a piece of cardboard when you hold them but they are super powerful as well we'll put links in our YouTube video bio for the LG gram 16 inch and 17 inch models thank you so much LG and LG gram for sponsoring the show for the rest of the year and for these amazing laptops we have another amazing sponsor for all you screenwriters or people who are getting into screenwriting you have to use Arc Studio Pro. It is the most efficient, streamlined, and elegant screenwriting software on the market. They have teamed up with us to offer a special deal of $30 off their membership. All you have to do is follow our link, ArcStudioPro.com/slash Raiders. Again, ArcStudioPro.com slash Raiders to get that special deal. Arc Studio Pro provides users with perfect formatting when they're writing a script. They have these amazing features like apps for your desktop and phone. Online collaboration with co-writers, super helpful outlining tools, revisionist management, and even links to feedback. Again, follow our link, arcstudiopro.com raiders to get $30 off your membership and start writing today. But Superbad was different in how it approached the portrayal of young boys. And you know, young boys have dirty minds, vulgar. And yeah, very vulgar. Like we we were always swearing. And t- all kinds of boys, yeah. even nerdy boys, yeah. athletic boys, like jockey boys, were all vulgar. Like the opening of the uh, the opening of the movies, them on the phone talking about uh, a porn subscription, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the pros and cons of one. I'm not going to get too explicit, but like this is how like young boys talk. This is how sixteen year old boys talk. You know, and I, ne- I had never seen that in a movie. And just like, you know, the vulgarity, just like constantly swearing, constantly talking shit like it's so funny and so realistic and authentic and had never been done before. And I think that's why Superbad was so different from any other teen comedy that came before it. Yeah. And it's just telling the story of two teenagers trying to lose their virginity, which we'd seen so many times in, in high school films, but like. In a very funny way, a very realistic way, we all related to these characters. I'm sure, especially Anthony, now that he's a 31 year old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but we quote this movie all the time, Still do. like random stuff, like like <laughs> like the tiramisu scene. We quote all the time. The good shit, Hamaroki. Huh, yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Like, fuck it, last week, fuck it, I'm just drilling holes. Like, we, this movie we've seen so many times, and it's Enjoy still funny. Enjoy your remaining years. <laughs> Enjoy fucking jewels. We can do the whole movie. It's amazing. And then Seth Rogen comes in, Bill Hader comes in this role as the, the cops and everything, after McLovin gets punched in the face. I mean, McLovin is an iconic character. He's like, the character of McLovin is as big as the movie Superbad, if not bigger. I feel like young people don't have comments. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... like this anymore like when this came out we were referencing this everyone was referencing it at school. yeah we were all quoting it. It was a phenomenon like in high we school. were all talking movie quotes of Superbad and Anchorman all the time people think that Squid Game was big Superbad was big when we were in high school yeah. so we were the perfect age for it yeah for young for people our age and it was just like the entire like dick drawing bit it was ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> you hit and- Becca with your dick <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just so good. The first 30 minutes is just some of, one of the best first acts ever. It's so hysterical and I just love the the setup, I love the characters. And it just it really feels like these are high schoolers. You know, it's not a bunch of 35-year-olds playing high schoolers. Like that new movie Dear Evan Hansen that just came out. They Like the guy, I'm sure he's a great actor and everything, but he looks like he's 40 and he's playing <laughs> a 16-year-old. It's like, come on. <laughs> but, you know, these guys and these girls, they look like they're actually high schoolers. Yeah, they're in their early 20s, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, Michael Sarah still looks like he's 17 years old. <laughs> so it's fine. It works. It, it plays well. But I think that the thing about Superbad, why it was so important, because not only did it put him on the map and, and in, uh, a household name for people like 35 or under, that was probably the demographic for Superbad and who went to go see it. Um, so we word of mouth that everyone knew who Jonah Hill was kind of overnight with this film but also I think because it's so funny because the filmmakers like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and they they made a movie that they wanted to make with their humor their style of humor and I'm sure Jonah Hill looked at the experience and while he was doing it he was like I could do this someday or this is the kind of comedy I want to keep doing and I'm sure that if he wasn't in this movie he wouldn't have the career he had now and he probably wouldn't have made his movie mid-90s in terms of I can actually make a movie in in the way I want to do it because there's no way – like most studios probably passed on this script in terms of the vulgarity of it, and there's probably like a 100 F-bombs in this. No, no, no. This had no problem getting made because it was produced by Judd Apatow. Okay, I'm so yeah. I'm just talking out of my yeah yeah my rear end. John right now. had two big hits with so Four Year Virgin Knocked Up, and so he could pretty much do oh, yeah, whatever right. he wanted. All right, so back to though <laughs> what I was originally saying with <laughs> sorry to make, destroy no, you. No no, I really I'm I'm glad you you fact checked <laughs> me because so would be like oh actually uh, uh John produced that film. John Abadilla said it was the easiest film ever made. <laughs> it only cost seventeen dollars to make Superbad, <laughs> so it was it was totally fun getting made. <laughs> So going back to in terms of not that, but making a movie the way you want to make it. Well, for me, I would say that after working with great directors like Scorsese and Bennett Miller and Carrie Fukunaga, that really inspired him. He learned the actual craft of great filmmaking from them. No, yeah. I'm I'm learning the craft, but also being on the set, I'm sure like I could do something that just I want to do. I bet he was like, I could do something better. Probably because yeah. mid nineties is a really cool film, the way yeah. he shot it and made it. The tone it seems like something that uh, it's like kind of taking a shot in the dark on. You know, mm-hmm. all right, but um, s- super bad. We have to do a solo episode on that something. Yeah, we could talk about it forever. Uh, he also had an uncredited role in Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story in two thousand seven. So that's that's like five films that came out two thousand seven. That's a big season. year for him. Two thousand and eight, he was in Strange Wilderness, Horton Hears a Who, and then Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So Strange Wilderness, I thought it was. It was okay, like, I think the trailer for that film was a lot funnier than the actual movie was. It was, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's nothing memorable. But, like, the best jokes were in the trailer, like, mm-hmm. the I think the best joke was the, the painted eyes on the guy with his yeah, eyes closed. Yeah, like and that, that was the only funny part of the movie, honestly. Yeah, and that was in the, so the trailer, I think, on that movie looked a lot funnier. Um, and this was his first time voicing a film with Horton, here's who he plays Tommy, but then forgetting Sarah Marshall. This is a really good comedy. I think uh, Russell Brand's great in it, and then um, uh, Frozen. What's her name? I just um, which one? Mila Kunis. No, the Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis, Mm -hmm. and then Jason Segel. It's a great Jason. Yeah, Segel. I'm sorry, I I almost mixed up with Sudeikis. Hey, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is a really funny movie. I I like it a lot. It's It's, great. It's kind of like a new take on the rom com. Um, Jason Segel actually wrote it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He also, I think he wrote the the Dracula musical at the end too. Yeah. That's super yeah, yeah. funny. He also wrote the Muppets movies, the new ones. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he's a great. He's a very talented actor, and he's he's uh, he loves musicals, and he was a huge fan of the Muppets, so that's why he made the films. That's right, yeah. So I think he, he's – Jason Siegel's awesome. He's great in How I Met Your Mother. I love that show. Yeah. I watched every episode of it. And so I think watching – he's the lead of a movie for the first time, I think, with this movie. And yeah. He, I think he did a tremendous job. I love this movie. I think it's awesome. It's a great breakup movie. And Russell Brand, I think this is his best film to see – you know, his personality. He's obviously a lot different now. But back then, you know, Russell Brand had a couple of years where he was a huge superstar. Rock star. Yeah, internationally, like everywhere. Because he is great. He had great stand up and he had a few really good string of movies. So he did he was on top of Hollywood for a few a few years and he's nice on the eyes too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's very funny, he's a handsome guy. Uh, he's an interesting look, so I think a lot of people are drawn to him. But I think that this is his best performance. Probably, yeah. but overall just his best film I think he's been in as well. But you know, Jonah Hill. Kind of just a side character. He plays this this dude who's like obsessed with Aldo. Yeah, Is that the car- waiter. Yeah, so and he's like always like in scenes just to like be awkward towards him. So, yeah. but of the joke, walking joke kind of character in this film, but more screen time probably than the other ones he'd been in. You could say that he he could have even, even filmed this like in just shoot, like yeah, a couple days. Yeah, just maybe not even a week. So I'm sure he. It was a nice paycheck and just a few days of work, probably. So it's not a bad job. So then 2000, and he's also in Just Add Water in 2008. In 2009, he was in Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Reno 911, Night at the Museum Battled the Smithsonian, an uncredited security guard. And then 2009, he was in, he actually voiced someone on The Simpsons. He's in The Invention of Lying. That's a good movie. That's and, a very good movie. And then Funny People in 2009, which is an exceptional comedy. You could even just say the movie's kind of a straight-up drama at times, too. Yeah, it's it's a great Judd Apatow film. I think that it's a little misunderstood with what Judd Apatow was trying to do. I think a lot of people walked into that movie thinking he was like knocked up in 40-Year-Old Virgin and stuff like that, whereas Judd Apatow was trying to mix it up and trying to make a film that was a little more emotional and had a heartbeat. I think he did a great job with it. I think some people just the runtime might be too long for them because it is a pretty long. long. Yeah, I feel like it's like two and a half hours long or something like that. But it's very funny and we love when Adam does dramatic roles. He's such a talented actor. And, you know, this is kind of like you could say knocked up 2.0 for the crew in terms of them all being in an ensemble together. We have another few characters as well thrown into the mix. But, you know, Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill are kind of very similar characters, again, just like in all the other movies they've been together in, where they're kind of these comedians who are just competing for jokes to be writing for Adam Sandler's character, who basically plays himself, in a sense, in the movie. Yeah, essentially. And I think it's very much Judd Apatow uses his own life as inspiration as well. Yeah. I like this movie a lot because it seems really realistic. Eminem's great in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What are you looking at, Ray? <laughs> Ray Romano. Oh, yeah, Ray Romano. He's like, hey, Marshall. You want to take a picture? He's like, I can't go anywhere. Can't go to Walmart. Can't go to Kmart. It's over. And he's like, you had an out. You could have died. You had an out. Like, I'm stuck here. And then The Invention of Lying is a really good movie. It was uh, written in stars Ricky Gervais. And it's really cool. It's set in this world where lying isn't a thing. Nobody ever lies. Everybody tells the truth. And Ricky Gervais's character discovers lying on his own. It's yeah. like a, a light bulb moment for him. And then he starts lying to everyone and everyone thinks that everything he says is the truth. Yeah. So he can do he becomes like a powerful figure, a very influential figure. It even gets people to do what he wants by lying to them really really smart script and jonah hill had a small role as frank in it i like this movie it's pretty funny i think like the first act it's it's the is the best part of the movie like doing like the inventing lying you could say or he's the only one who woke up and he knows how to lie but i think it just it peters out a little bit towards the end but i think it's still a pretty damn funny movie yeah it's a great concept and then 2010 He was in Cyrus, which is pretty good. This was probably his—you could say maybe his biggest role in terms of an actor screen time, yeah—because he's kind of like a co-lead going. He's a title character, yeah, going alongside with John C. Riley and Marissa Tomei. So he's in a lot of this movie. So in terms of screen time, it's got to be his his, at that point his biggest film. And this is the first time he did—he got to do something very different. He plays like there's just weird guy that super still funny. hasn't left at, He still hasn't left home And he makes like the weirdest music. It he's just a strange kid. You know what I mean? It's very funny. The scene where he's playing the DJ music it, for yeah. John C. Riley the first time, like the facial expressions are super. It's pretty good. It's it's so funny. But I yeah, think he they, went they, for it. Yeah. I like it. He did something very different. Yeah, and him and John C. Riley are great together. And, and John's John's a great actor. We love yeah. him too. And Marissa is awesome. So yeah, it's, it's a great cast. It's a good little comedy. Um, the the filming is is different. It's kind of like. Um, Parks and Rec style or like a lots of zooms and stuff like that. Yeah, handheld. So so if you're into that, it's a little jarring sometimes, but you know, you get used to it. And then also 2010, he was in How to Train Your Dragon. He voiced Snotlout, iconic character, Snotlout. We all know, we all love Snotlout. He's very arrogant, very cocky, very funny though. He's, he was born too small and he just, he tries to act tough and tries to act like the baddest Viking alive. (laughs) It's pretty funny. And then get him to the Greek in 2010. Probably his biggest movie in terms of, of like for co lead in this movie, or maybe even the lead character almost in kind of like a big budget. I would comedy. say he's I would say he's the lead, but still Russell Brand's the star. Yeah, you know what I mean. If that makes sense. Yeah. So P like, Diddy has a great scene in this about the shoes. Like, oh yeah, because he's, he's talking like, about how he needs money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie as as a whole is pretty underwhelming. It it has funny bits, but ulti- ultimately kind of teeters out. How about we head on into our intermission now? Sounds good, bud. All right, let's begin with our movie quotes competition. Now, I have one from a fan. This is from Anton Broadberry, who's an awesome fan and also a patron. We love you, Anton. What's up, Anton? All right, let's see if you can get this. You know, I got to keep them cooled out. I got to keep you people happy. And I got to have the ideas. I got to do it all alone. Oh, I feel like I watched this recently. Did you? I think it was on Netflix for Say a while. Say it again. You know, I got to keep the people. <clears throat> you know, I got to keep them cooled out. I got to keep you people happy. I got to have all the ideas and I got to do it all alone. Oh, man, I'm going to hate myself. Let me, let me try to do an- another impression. You know, I got to keep them cooled out. I got to keep. No, it doesn't work because no. it, was, it was when he was young. It's dog day afternoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that would help you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it helped. I was thinking it was. Uh, you do a... a better Pacino than me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is before his Pacino like iconic yeah, was before, raspy rather, voice. Yeah, yeah, it was before he lost his voice. Yeah. <laughs> this is a phenomenal movie. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Dog Day Afternoon. Put it on your watch list ASAP. I was thinking someone on like a crew or a film set or something. So I was thinking movie movies, but then that makes total sense. So that's what he's saying to uh, the people inside of the bank who are uh, complaining. Mm-hmm. Here's my quote: True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love, and then you catch the early flight home from from San Diego and a couple of nude people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a goddamn magic show ready to double team your girlfriend. Oh my god, what is this? What is this? <laughs> what oh, on, hold on, no no, hold on. Old school. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> nice one. That's a good quote. That's uh Luke Wilson's character, yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> it's a great movie. What a classic. Will so Ferrell, good. man. That was like the start of Will Ferrell's comedy and in Vaughn. film, yeah. yeah. Man. I love that. All right. Guess this movie release year. Footloose. Footloose came out in, I want to say, excuse me, 1985. 84. (laughs) Pretty close, man. Pretty close. Kevin Bacon would be disappointed. Oh, man. Shit. Hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. He's a patron. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) He's only a $2 patron. He can afford the 10. <laughs> we know he can. All right, here's my. Once Bitten. When did it come out? This is the Jim Carrey vampire movie. Once Bitten. 1995. 85. 85. That was way off. Remember you had that big year in 94? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I eh, got it run. <laughs> All right, one <went> for two. <laughs> <laughs> Movie pop quiz time. How many times has Jonah Hill hosted SNL? Four times. Five. Damn it. Damn. It's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. He's great with comedy, man. I think his first one was 2008, I believe, was the first time he hosted. Wow. Huh? Here's my quiz question. What was Todd Phillips' first feature film? Oh. um, Hmm. What the hell did he do before hangover? Let's see. You don't know what he did before the hangover? I'm just, I'm blanking, all right? You know, people (laughs) blank sometimes. Okay, he did old school before hangover. Yeah, yeah, I know. But this is before old school. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. I don't know. Road trip. Oh, I, Sean I, William Scott. I almost said Eurotrip. Yeah, Oh, almost. It's I was like in my close. head, it was like one of those Eurotrip comedies or road trip so comedies. So it's that one with uh, Breck and Meyer, Sean William Scott. He yeah. actually accidentally sends her like something in the mail. I can't remember. It's, something, it's I think a it's, videotape. Yeah, it's of, a sex tape. Is it a sex tape? Yeah, to the girl he has a crush on. Accidentally sends it to her in the mail, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Funny parts. That, that, was, a, that was a funny movie when I was a teenager. Yeah, that it was funny. I don't know if it would hold up today. All right. Um... Biggest hater of the week, who you got? You got a real hater or fake Oh, ones? I got a real hater. I actually have one, a real one, too. So we posted a clip about Beetlejuice, about how Michael Keaton came up with the character on his own mm-hmm. after getting the information from Tim Burton, how he wanted to play it. And then someone just left a comment saying, can't believe this man has never won an Oscar, something like that. And then someone wrote two comments, calling them out saying, wow, how dumb are you? He just won one a few years ago. So we, we don't like bullying in our comments. So I called him out and made a great video making fun of him. Not meanly, but, you know, just proving him wrong. And Michael Keaton has never won an Oscar. So it's kind of ridiculous that this person thought that he was right without Googling it, called someone else a dumb who was correct. And it's just it's ridiculous. You know, keep the positivity in the comments, people. And we will always back up our supporters and followers. We got your backs. I think Petty James is everyone's favorite James. Dude, that was a, that was a good video. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Here's um, a really funny hater. So I posted a clip of Shawshank Redemption today talking about Andy uh, Dufresne's plan. Nice little TikTok clip. Spoiler. And then Bob <laughs> Bobbop3 commented, IMAX, be sure to see this in IMAX. Most immersive IMAX you'll ever IMAX see IMAX. Stephen King had IMAX in mind when he wrote Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption. IMAX, so immersive. Wow. So clearly making fun of us promoting IMAX, which is our job. For Dune, yeah, because that movie was incredible. For yeah. Dune, that, it was made. I mean, hey, you know what? You want to be a cynical person? I was like, dude, you hate us. How really? much? How much does space he follow we... us too? No, nah, he didn't follow us. But we're in. We're inside that guy's head all the yeah, time. He's thinking about us all day today. I like it, man. <laughs> I almost responded, and I said, we take up way too much time and space in your head. But I was like, he doesn't need his deservers response. We honestly don't even respond to people like that anymore. Yeah, not, it's, it's not anymore. N- I'm done with responding. No more. Like, wow, we made one video saying go see Dune and IMAX because, you know what? We've probably had 150 comments or messages and people reaching out to us in the last, in the last week saying that they saw Dune and IMAX, and they're so grateful they did. Like, And they thanked us for suggesting us and pushing the... the Pushing them to go do that And see it in that kind of theater Because it it was an amazing experience So you know what If you had a goddamn movie podcast guy And IMAX reached out to you You're like Hey man You wanna Can we sponsor you I'm sure you would say Go to IMAX too as well But you don't have a goddamn movie podcast You're sitting (laughs) in your mother's basement You're on TikTok Making fun of people Who make TikTok content So you know what Have a lovely life Once again Petty James is the best James (laughs) Well that's ranting James (laughs) and then i have a uh, unsubscribed hater on our episode of silence of the lambs mickey 99 wrote love you guys best movie podcast ever can't handle it Unsubscribed." <laughs> that's cute thanks mickey that's it <laughs> all right we have a couple of great supporters for this episode our top ones so we have micah and gabe caldwell these two dudes the boys they're There's all also, twins they're also identical twins Homies, they say they're our top fans, so we totally believe them because they both got one of our custom movie posters from MoviePosters.com, which was so awesome of of the Caldwell. So, homies, thanks so much for for supporting us, and you know those we, posters look awesome. We love when the boys reach out to us, and you know it's so cool they sent us a pic holding up our posters. So, Micah and Gabe, you two are the best. Talk to you later. All right, on the day in film and TV history, today's November first in 1611. Shakespeare's romantic comedy play, Tempest, is first presented. Oh, wow. It was in IMAX. (laughs) (laughs) That's so immersive. In 1967, Cool Hand Luke was released. Cool. And in 1997, Titanic premiered. And my streaming recommendation for this episode is Train to Busan, which is on Amazon Prime. It is an excellent zombie movie from South Korea. My streaming recommendation is Thank You for Smoking, which is also on Amazon Prime, directed by... Jason Reitman, I have a Reitman's son who made Ghostbusters and a bunch of other great comedies. This was Jason Reitman's debut, and it follows a uh, big tobacco lobbyist, and Aaron Eckhart plays the lead. Really great dark comedy. Check it oh, out. Yeah, that's right. I forgot he was in that movie. Yeah. I feel like that was like post Dark Knight, right? Before. And, or before Dark Knight? Yeah. Oh. He looked at me like, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> the look he just gave me, everybody was like, wow, you're, you have you just a movie. been <laughs> off with dates today. You know what? A little off. What was that, two years off? I think you were like three years off <laughs> oh my god mr. imdb over here you sound like one of our tiktok haters i didn't say anything negative you're definitely gonna unsubscribe from me I never, you're just taking it very personally <laughs> all right let's get back to be okay let's get back into <laughs> jonah hill so we left off in 2010 and now 2011 he came out with a tv series called alan, alan gregory also came out with the Sitter. Which, again, we talked about a little earlier where he's basically babysitting two kids the whole time. Two monster kids. So, again, kind of like getting to the Greek where he's not really flexing his unique comedy. He's just kind of doing the scripted comedy. And then Moneyball was in 2011. So Moneyball was a game changer for Jonah Hill's career. This movie is incredible. It's an excellent script excellent acting even if you're not a baseball fan it's still a great great movie because i mean even social network most people don't i think a lot of older people maybe didn't really know what social media was when they saw that movie but it's still an incredible film it only has a little bit of baseball in it it's all about the the backroom of the the industry and with this one the analytical data and how you know these guys within the oakland a's changed the the way people ran ball clubs and you know they used analytics and deep statistics to determine who to put on their teams rather than you know star players or people who drew a crowd or people who got big numbers ultimately they were like you know what everyone has everyone needs to average a good level of quality of play in order to make a great team that can win on this budget this is the first time that jonah hill i think played a real person in a film and so peter brand wasn't even a part of the oakland a's organization it was being gm general managed by billy bean played by brad pitt who was an ex-ball player and so the general manager, if you're not a baseball fan or sports fan, they're the kind they're the people who basically get the team together. They're the ones who find the players and sign and get the contracts ready and get the talent. And so the Oakland A's, a very low budget team, they don't make a ton of money. And in the film, for example, they lose a massive offensive weapon in Jason Giambi. And so after Billy Bean, with almost no money, they also lost some other players as well. For there's a great scene I think showcases the entire film so well is where they're trying to replace one player, all of his statistics with three people who just average pretty close to what he does in terms of like on-base percentage and average and stuff like that. So it just changed the way that teams are built. And this is how the Red Sox in 2004 basically used this entire method and won the World Series in 2004 by building like a Moneyball team. And the Moneyball uh, team building like started here in the Oakland A's. Moneyball was what the method was called too, yeah. hence the name title of the film. and. This is a great performance from both Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, I think he this he had never done anything close to this. You know, he was Bennett Miller is an excellent director. He did um Foxcatcher as well as Capote. Really, really fantastic director. And, you know, when you're working opposite Brad Pitt, he's one of the best alive, so clearly he's gonna up his game and I think that Jonah Hill really held his own and I'm sure it was a tough role for him because you go from the sitter to moneyball you go from getting to the greek to moneyball like imagine that like you're just goofing off with russell brand and then you're with one of the best crews alive making one of the best scripts written this century you know what i mean so he really he held his own and he brought it this time yeah and i love the performance it's like very subtle it's nothing we've ever seen him do before there is no running jokes no comedy he just is it's a straight up pure dramatic performance And I think it's, it's, it was a refreshing thing to see someone like Jonah Hill do this, and it obviously put him on the map with directors and other people in Hollywood that, oh, he's actually a great dramatic actor. and Wow, he got an Oscar nomination. He was phenomenal in that. He's in a movie with Brad Pitt. Like, wow, this is incredible. This guy isn't just a classic walking joke comedian, and it's got a great score. It's one of my favorite movies that came out that year, and I still, I mean, for sports movies, I know it doesn't have that many sports in it, but it really is one of the best sports movies ever made. Plus, that song, "Uh, My This Is the End," the mighty, mighty, mighty Rio real grand. Yeah, that's that song's in the trailer. It's also in the movie. This too. will destroy you. Yeah. Oh, this will. Dis- this- that, that, my yeah. bad. This will destroy you is the name of the band. And the song is the mighty, the mighty real grand. But yeah, great soundtrack for this movie. And even if you're not a fan of baseball, it's still a great, great watch. So I definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it before. And then in 2012, Jonah had three good movies. The too excellent i think so he came out with 21 jump street where again this is his comedy you know he wrote the story him and michael bacall wrote the story they came up with the characters bacall ended up writing the full screenplay but you know this is something that he poured his passion into and he used his power now you know he's an oscar nominee just worked on this incredible movie with brad pitt now he has some sway in terms of projects that he wants to get made and he gets on board with channing tatum as well and it's it's such a funny, funny movie, and it seems like it spurred this sort of meta uh, comedy genre now where people are kind of just like winking at the camera, poking fun at the fact that it's like a reboot, even though it is a reboot. So the, the whole concept is making fun of movies and TV shows that are rebooted by being a rebooted movie, making fun of that. <laughs> it's great. And who knew Channing Tatum was this funny? Jonah Hill had to convince him to take the role. He He, he rejected it twice. But Joan Hill was like, come on, you're, this would be perfect for us. And it ended up being a great comedic duo. And even the sequel is great. But 21 Jump Street is a lot of fun. There's some really great bits. Brie Larson's really excellent in it. It's an early role of hers. I really love this film. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's a blast. It's yeah. very, very funny. And then 2012, he was also in The Watch, which is a pretty funny movie. You know, it's a, it's a Ben Stiller it's great cast. comedy film. It's, it's yeah solid cast. It's just like these dudes who wear jumpsuits and they supposedly fight crime around their neighborhoods in a very funny way. So it's a, it's a good time. It ends he, up being an alien invasion movie. Yeah, so he um, he has some good dialogue in this. He's, he's like the lead comedic actor. Like him and Ben Stiller are just kind of going back and forth throughout the entire film. It's pretty funny. And then he also has a small role in Django and Cheney. He plays one of the baghead guys at the end on the horses. Such a great scene. And I think that tarantino wanted or like wrote a character for him to be in it more but he couldn't scheduling conflicts he couldn't do more than just this one scene unfortunately we would have loved to see more of jonah in this movie maybe the character is a little different but he still he takes what he gets and he, he makes the most of it who cut these eye holes i can't see shit <laughs> anybody got an extra bag <laughs> it's so fun it's a great scene it really it's is so surprising uh when you're watching that movie and then halfway through it you see Jonah Hill's face pop out. It's like I was dying in the theater. <laughs> all right. And then 2013, I think these are my two favorite Jonah Hill movies that he's been in so far. So in 2013, he came out with This Is The End and then The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, This Is The End is, I think, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. The first time I watched it, this ensemble cast of just the Knocked Up crew. And then we also have Craig Robinson thrown into the mix. And so it's just all these dudes who are so funny just – improvising comedy and just riffing and making fun of themselves. This is like another meta film where they're all playing themselves, but they're making fun of themselves at the same time. Yeah, and Michael Sarah, like he's a coke, coke addict, <laughs> and he slaps Rihanna's ass. <laughs> he's like, is that "Where's my? who stole my phone? He's like, "So who stole my phone? All the, a... all the cocaine I've wasted on you people. is in love, his pocket the whole time. I love the, I love the Capri Sun scene. He's like, you want a sip? You want a sip? Yeah, honey, thanks. <laughs> But the whole movie's It's hysterical They're all making fun Of themselves Which is why it's so good Jonah Hill plays like The pretentious Academy Award nominated Actor version of himself He He, plays like He's so nice It's like unbearable Like forced nice And I love how he like Secretly wants to kill Jay Baruchel's character And (laughs) Franco Seth Rogen Craig Robinson Everyone is so good In this movie I read that uh, Baruchel said that a lot of the arguments that were happening in the movie, like it's real life arguments that like these guys have always had with, wanted to have with one another. Like people, he said <laughs> that people were, cause they improvised so much and they would get into the scenes. He said that people would get so into it. It's like, they're finally getting this off their chest, saying, yelling at this at the other person. They've been wanting to say this for years. must've been very therapeutic. Yeah. And I think that the whole tongue in cheek of like Playing I- extreme versions of themselves is so great. You could say Seth Rogen's the, the only one who like plays like normally himself. Because Dan- he kind of Dan- plays the same character in every yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride is amazing. The best scene in the yeah. movie is when Danny McBride wakes up from the tub and he's just puffing weed, weed smoke out of the tub with his foot sticking out. Yeah. And then he wakes up and makes this amazing breakfast for everybody. And everyone's like, no, he cooked all the food. He's eating all the food. <laughs> he's like, what? I woke up and did this for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the bird. <laughs> Dave McBride is so goddamn funny. Stop coming everywhere! I'll come wherever I want! (laughs) Man, this movie kills me. I'm in stitches every time I watch it. In and Out Truck's gonna be here in 10 minutes! Damn right I like Porto magazines, I like to read. And then uh, Jonah Hill- Like a Hill... dump truck in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jonah Hill gets raped by the demon, like Rosemary's Baby. Oh, my it's God. Ridiculous. It's insane. This movie is... It's ridiculous and fun, and I love- I, I watch it, like, once a year. I gotta- It's it's just- Every part of my funny bone is hit with this movie. Yeah, it is really great. And it's these, these guys just do what they do best. And that's all- It's like a great stand-up comedian firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And then The Wolf of Wall Street also came out in 2013. This is easily the best film that Jonah Hill has made. This is- Probably you could argue Martin Scorsese's second best movie this century behind The Departed. You could say you can, I would see the argument maybe even putting this above The Departed, The Departed Kid. Wow, but I think The Wolf of Wall Street it's kind of like you said, still in pop culture, it's still people still talk about it. It's really well made, it's very funny. The script is great, the acting's phenomenal. Jonah Hill is amazing going back and forth with Leo DiCaprio, and I mean, it's such an interesting story, it's so wild. And I know, like, the content is terrible to look at, you know, on the surface. But, again, it's just a movie. I think it gets a lot of bad raps and attacks because, like, like you'll see, like, oh, if, if you're dating a guy and his favorite movie is The Wolf of Wall Street, like, it's it's just a movie. And I think a lot of people, you know, same thing with Fight Club. When you look below the surface, you look at it for the filmmaking quality and, and just – it's like another goodfellas kind of film it's just it's great if you tell a story about these people you have to be honest about it yeah. and what they did instead and like what their lives are like and that's what it is you not know promoting behavior martin scorsese is an authentic filmmaker he's not he, that's how he tells the stories with truth so that's why the film is the way it is and i mean jordan belfort lost everything so you know he things didn't really work he's out he's doing all right now he's doing fine but yeah. he lost a lot and he you know he paid for it so uh, it's not like a happy ending. But I, I think that this definitely is one of Scorsese's best movies of the century. I definitely agree with you there. And, you know, the character of Donnie was so surprising because you see Jonah Hill show up in the diner when Jordan's having breakfast. Then you show me a check for seventy two thousand dollars I quit my job right now. I Excuse work me. for you. Sorry, Sorry. What do you do for work? And <laughs> is that he Trump or Jonah? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he did the Trump thing. <laughs> he does that with his head. Yeah, I know, but you yeah. sounded like Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the big teeth and these glasses and the hair and the accent. The accent is amazing. And Jonah Hill actually, uh, didn't tell anyone about the accent he was doing before filmmaking. And he had been working on the accent for a long time. And he was very nervous about doing it in the first scene because Scorsese had no idea about it. DiCaprio had no idea about it. And, you know, he was afraid that they wouldn't like the accent and it would, he would just have to talk like himself normally. But luckily, uh, Spike Jones was on set, and obviously he trusts Spike Jones' opinion because he's an an amazing director. And so he tried the accent out on Spike Jones, say "Hey, what, how do you how, do? You like it? Do you think Scorsese will will think it's cool?" And then Spike Jones was like, "You got to do it. It's so good. It's perfect." And so Jonah Hill did his accent in the first take, and Scorsese was like, "Great job. Let's move on." <laughs> <laughs> Made a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, donnie's iconic. Like I said in the beginning of the episode. A classic Scorsese character now, like up there with Jimmy Conway, like Tommy. I, yeah. I love Donny Azov in this film. So hysterical. The size, they cured Karen. So yeah, yeah, they cost $26,000. $26,000 for size? <laughs> hysterical. So good. But like we said, Jonah steals every goddamn scene he's in this movie. He steals every scene even from Leo. Wait, what does he go? He's like, how's your wife? He's like, He's like still alive. <laughs> yeah, like I married my cousin or something, but whatever. It's, it's, not, it's not that weird. It's, it's not, not like that. It's weird. not like that. Yeah. Not like that. <laughs> Smoke crack with me, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, uh, Jonah Hill's improvisation steered the direction of the tone of the film. You know, they got really goofy and really wild because of how much improvisation he was doing in the early scenes. So. You can thank Jonah Hill for how rambunctious this film is. And don't worry, the goldfish survived. It was safe. Yeah, he spat he spat it right out, I believe. So don't worry. Yeah. The goldfish had a, a tamer, too, like on set. An animal it's goldfish fish. tamer? Yeah, or whatever they call it. I don't know. <laughs> There's a word for Animal it. Animal like, control expert? It's or... like, a handler, like handler. A, yeah, he, yeah, a handler, yeah. Yeah, I think they had a goldfish handler on set. I'm sure it lived a long life. It probably died like two <laughs> days later because they put like tap water in the bowl or something. Probably had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> we never had goldfish last All day. All right. <laughs> Anyways, 2014, he voiced How to Train Your Dragon 2. He did Snot Loud again. Also did the Lego movie. He plays Green Lantern. He voices that character in that Animated film. Making that animated money. For real. E- Easy work. Is that three days? Three days for 200K? Okay. Uh, sign me up. I want that job. And then 2014, he also came out with 22 Jump Street, which is the sequel to the first film. And rather than being in high school, it's basically the same plot in college. And they even make fun of that as well. But, you know, it's not as good as the first one, but it's probably just as funny. And it's like, I think the my favorite scene was... Um, when he's he's pretending to be like a Mexican drug dealer, he's like <laughs> in he's the like, outfit. He's like he's like who invite all these gringos? Was is a is Mumford and Sons concert? <laughs> <laughs> no, the be- the best part is um uh, he's dating the girl, and then he she-, she invites him to like the event the dinner event, and he shows up with her, and then Ice Cube shows up, and he's <laughs> like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, and then she's like, "Dad, this is my boyfriend." <laughs> And then Ice Cube's look at Jonah Hill... (laughs) And then when Channing Tatum finds out, he starts dancing around the precinct like, He had sex with the captain's daughter. He had sex with his daughter. I was crying in the theater. It's so funny. Channing is so funny in this movie, too. Yeah. He, Channing's also really funny in This Is The End, where he plays, oh, the, yeah. the, he the, plays gimp the gimp, gimp <laughs> of Danny McBride in the post-apocalyptic world. He's like, I love him. Yeah, this is Channing Tatum. He's my gimp now. I call him I call him Channing Tatum. <laughs> so great. Yeah, guys, I'm a cannibal now. <laughs> but he, Channing's great in twenty two jump Street. Uh, my name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. It's <laughs> <My name's> Jeff. <laughs> All right. Um twenty fifteen he was in True Story, plays Michael Finkel, another real life character. And this is about somebody was he ri- he's writing a book about a murderer, a guy Serial who killed his entire family. Yeah. Which is crazy, absolutely insane story. Uh James Franco stars opposite him as the killer in prison. They produced this together and I, it's a it's a good movie. It didn't no one really saw it. Yeah. it. It didn't get a big release and you know it's it got, it got a little critical acclaim but it's it's nothing special. I think there's a lot of potential. I don't think it's in very well directed. Like it's a, it's basically directed. Uh, I don't think it, anything memorable about that. They did a good job acting wise though, but I think it could have been a lot better. Yeah, and then Felicity Jones is in it as well, yeah. I believe so too. Yeah, she plays his uh girlfriend or wife. Um, Then 2016, he was in Hail Caesar, plays a small character, uh, Joe Silverman, in the film, but it's still pretty amazing to be working with the Coen brothers. Yeah, he he just plays a lawyer, and it's a great scene with Scarlett Johansson. He's awesome. Does it get hard squeezing it like that? (laughs) It's part of the job. And then he was also in 2016 in Sausage Party, which is such a funny fo- movie. We love that movie. Yeah, an adult, raunchy, R-rated animated film. So yeah, something is... a, lot of, a lot of people wanted that is great. And then 2016, he was also in War Dogs. And I actually just saw this for the first time this year. This movie is incredible. It's so funny. It's really great. Miles Teller is awesome. Jonah Hill's character in this, never seen anything like it before. He just made some new character in... Of another real person obviously but like what he did with it I love so much like the the tan the Miami like mafiosa kind of guy the accent that he does the 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 ah, laugh ah, 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 ah. it's it's really funny yeah Ephraim is a great character it's an it's an awesome film it reminds me a lot of Goodfellas the the way it's uh, portrayed in terms of voiceover and you know telling the rise to power in this industry and then their fall Really, really great film. Todd Phillips made it. Yeah, you can tell he's a huge Scorsese film. Oh yeah, this and Joker and everything. He's everyone, done. everyone should be. But this is a really excellent movie. It's one of Todd Phillips' best. I would say it's right below Joker for his best film. And it's, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Jonah Hill is just sensational in it. He steals every scene. And it does get pretty, pretty dramatic. And yeah, he ends up becoming a bit of a villainous character. Although you know, it's you know they both got into the mess. But it's a great film. Crazy. Bradley True Cooper's story. awesome too. Yeah, Bradley's awesome. That. Now, before we continue we have some awesome news to announce from our sponsor manscape they are launching some of the new products that we've been teasing and so they just launched their new shampoo conditioner two-in-one product for the shower and then also their body wash and i'm telling you this stuff smells legit so manscape they are expanding their line in terms of men men's products for not just shaving and grooming needs but for everything that we need in terms of obviously uh, shampooing and conditioning our bodies and everything and cleaning ourselves, but there's more to come in November, but definitely get your hands on this stuff right now using our coupon code Raiders of the Lost at checkout for 20% off and free shipping to get these today. And I'm telling you, stay tuned because mid-November we get to announce some other amazing stuff that I'm telling you, guys, you're going to want to get on Manscaped because now they're going to have a huge line of products for you to use in everyday use. Obviously, their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which we've been talking about for the last year and everything, which is an amazing groomer. It's skin safe, 7,000 RPM, has a built-in light. It's a goddamn rocket ship for your body. To use in the shower if you want waterproof and also their men's body wipes, their weed whacker, the deodorizers, boxer briefs, everything's amazing. So definitely join the over 2 million men worldwide on manscaped.com. Use our coupon code Raiders of Lust at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. This helps the show so much when you use our codes and definitely, definitely get their new body wash and shampoo. This is better than the stuff that blue gunk we get from all the other stuff that, you know, they have funnier commercials, but it's still blue gunk. Do you love movie posters? Well, the best way to express that love is to deck your place out with a bunch of posters. And the best place to do that is at MoviePosters.com. Use our promo code RAIDERS10 to get 10% off your order today. Again, we have a brand new promo code. Don't use the old ones. The new promo code will be RAIDERS10 for 10% off your your order. MoviePosters.com is the number one place to get your posters online today. They have all sorts of sizes, framing, Backlighting, whatever your poster needs are, they can handle it. As well as having an, a, a giant selection of films, pretty much every movie and television show you can think of, they got it. Again, head on over to movieposters.com and use our promo code RAIDERS10 to get 15% off your order today. Back to Jonah Hill Spotlight. So now we're on to 2018. And he was in a film called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, which is a really good movie. And, you know, now he's starring opposite another great actor, Joaquin Phoenix, another Oscar winner. So it's incredible to see him working with such tremendously talented people. And Gus Van Sant. Yeah, and Gus Van Sant directed the film. You're right. And he plays this character named Donnie. And so basically, Joaquin's character is trying to get sober, and Donnie is a sponsor for him. But this is a very dramatic role for him, very great monologues. There's There's a really really good scene between him and Joaquin where they both get very emotional and I think it's a devastating performance and I think Jonah just I think he might it might be his best dramatic performance in general not counting like the Wolf of Wall Street which I think is like more of a comedy performance but also for his serious movies you know he's designed he's wants to play characters who are so different from the last one yeah he's not doing like the first 10 years of his career doing the same thing he's always doing something unique something different changing the way he looks this in this case he's got the beard and long hair it's like jesus yeah he plays like this hippie-ish character and you know you never seen him like this and so i think that when he makes dramatic films he wants to really stretch his acting muscles from now on this is an early sign of that for after going with uh, scorsese and doing a great job as donnie you know i really wanted to try new things out every time and then in 2018 He starred opposite Emma Stone in Maniac, Carrie Fukunaga's Netflix original show. And this is one of those early Netflix originals that really went viral. Like everyone binged the hell out of this. Not kind of Stranger Things, obviously, but this one took the world by storm, and I feel like everyone watched it, and it had a very Black Mirror vibe to it. It reminds me of Squid Game now that I've seen Squid Game. It's really cool, but Jonah and Emma are both phenomenal in this, and it seems like an actor's dream to get a role like this because they're playing so many different kinds of characters, so many different storylines, locations, settings. It seems like a like just a, an incredible production just to be a part of. Yeah, they're basically test subjects that mentally get put into different environment settings, and you know are basically like get to live as different kinds of people and like you said it had to have been an actor's dream and they're doing all sorts both both actors are doing all sorts of things from you know, accent changes to complete personality changes and they really did an excellent job Justin Thoreau is really good in this in this show as well it's a really bizarre awesome crazy miniseries Jeff definitely check it out yeah I love the production too Kaifu Ganaga's this is why he got Bond, like a yeah. show like this, like this mm-hmm. was incredible. And so he's definitely a, t- a talented director and visionary for sure. And then 2019, Jonah again voiced a Snotlout in How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Also did Green Lantern in The Lego Movie 2, the second part. <laughs> it's a funny <laughs> title. <laughs> Um, and then 2019 he was in The Beach Bum Not a huge character He plays Louis But his accent in this is crazy It's like I couldn't tell if it was like Louisiana Or like deep south Florida What he was doing I think it's Florida Yeah it's, But it, is, it could be the other one But yeah. he's he's great in the small amount of screen time he has And this is a really crazy weird Harmony Kareem movie Like all of his other films Him and McConaughey are literally just on a golf course Just like holding each other's balls It's, yeah. it's so It's weird. so strange <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous I bet you they improvised that too (laughs) um and then he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm in 2020 and then right now he he just finished obviously Don't Look Up Adam McKay's next film which has one of the best casts we've ever seen in a movie before he's back working with Leo uh Timothy Chalamet's in this Jennifer Lawrence Meryl Streep plays the president he seems like he plays the president's like assistant in the film and I can't wait to see this movie it comes out at the end of the year right yeah, it will be coming out for a holiday season. It looks amazing. It'll definitely be an Oscar contender. And it's just a stat cast. And Adam McKay's, one of my favorite American writer-directors working today. He's really awesome. I think Vice was one of the best movies of the last few years. Very underrated because it didn't win anything. But uh, Don't Look Up looks awesome. And also, uh, Jonah Hill also directed and wrote Mid-90s. Oh, yeah, so in 2018. Yeah, which is a coming-of-age film about a young skateboarder who's dealing with an abusive older brother. It's a great, great little film. Check it out. And, you know, you, he clearly probably soaked up everything he could from the great directors he worked with from Scorsese to Bennett Miller, you know, to Todd Phillips. You know, these are all amazing directors, the Coen brothers. So uh, Gus Van Stan, I'm sure he was very excited to do something on his own. He knocked it out of the park for a debut. Yeah, it's a great first film. I love yeah. how he shot at it. 16 millimeter. Love the, the look, the aesthetic, the like the calmness of the film and, the, and like the pacing. He just takes his time with it. And it's just like it's like a side of like Los Angeles that most people don't see in movies. So I think that he really tapped into something super creative. And I think he did a tremendous job with it. Yeah, 100 percent. Want to do some Jonah Hill trivia? I would love to, Anthony. All right, let's do it. Okay, In Maniac, the many bonsai trees present both inside and outside the ULP laboratories are representative of the many aberrised realities within within our minds as they in turn are little worlds their own. In the movie War Dogs, the real Ephraim Diveroli declined to meet with Jonah Hill before production. Jonah Hill said, I'm used to it. If a person is aggressively against me playing them, it's probably a good sign. For three consecutive years, Jonah Hill appeared in a movie that was nominated for the Best Picture at the Academy Awards Moneyball in 2011, Django Django Unchained in 2012, and The Wolf of Wall Street in 2013. For the movie War Dogs, Jonah Hill gained 44 pounds to play the role of Ephraim Divaroli Jonah Hill's top five favorite films are Rushmore, The Big Lebowski, Boogie Nights, Back to the Future, and Goodfellas. Love his taste in, music, in movies. Cool list. In War Dogs, at the time that she got the role, Anna de Armas actually did not speak any English at all and had to learn her lines phonetically. This means she heard someone else speak the lines to her in English and she just copied what they said out loud. In This is the End, director Evan, Goldborg, director Evan Goldberg created a game for himself during filming. The goal of the game was to get as many cast members as possible to say, no, I can't do that, or get them to refuse to do something. According to Goldberg, the only people he was not able to break were James Franco and Seth Rogen. He also couldn't break Michael Cera on Superbad. Oh yeah, he couldn't make him break character. In This Is The End, Seth Rogen said that he was shocked by how much the actors would actually insult each other. According to him, Jonah Hill and James Franco in particular seemed to really go at each other the hardest. At one point, he even felt like he had to intervene and remind them that they are actually friends in real life. In This Is The End, Michael Cera actually did slap Rihanna's butt in real life. What happened was he was trying to pretend the slap and faking the motion, stopping right before hitting her, but as a result, it never looked real. So Michael Sarah asked Rihanna if he could actually slap her butt for real. She said yes, but on the condition that she would be allowed to really smack him across the face each time he did it. In the movie Moneyball, when Chris Pratt auditioned for the role of Scott Hatterberg, he was told he was too fat for the role. Pratt decided to lose weight before the role was cast, and he would say he would check maybe once a week with the producers to see if they had cast someone yet. Eventually, he kept working out and finally got in good enough shape that he took a picture of himself and sent it to his agent. After the producers saw this new photo, they gave him the role. For the movie Moneyball, the filmmakers turned Dodger Stadium into eight different ballparks during the film. The movie didn't have that much money to shoot with so they had to dress the stadium to make it look like the other stadiums for the film all right so that wraps our episode on jonah hill so thanks so much to everybody tuning in keep your eyes out for our master class coming out again thank you so much to everyone who's a patron you are now paying our bills we're both full-time on the show so we are in your debt for sure really appreciate you i'm leaving my job on wednesday so it's pretty surreal after all this work so it's it's pretty incredible and you know wow. more day two more days because this comes out on monday Oh, yeah. So Wednesday will be my last day. So so the next episode you listen to after this on Thursday, I'll be a a free man, so to speak, like you, apparently free. (laughs) Nice Matrix quote. And um, yeah, thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you all tuning in around the world. It's all because of you. Bye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler, opening music by Chase Jackson.